There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Spurs in full cry here. Welcome, listeners, to The Extra Inch. My name's Windy, and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Bardi. Hello, Bardi. Hello, Windy. And our tactics guy, and a man who's been paying money to get beaten up, is Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan. More people are... I listened to uh, a different podcast that has Flap on it the other day, and when it was revealed, more people are into paying for such services than you might imagine. Okay. Uh, good episodes of um, uh, all, uh, No Holds Barred. Um, yeah, nice. but uh, no, that's not that's a different service to the one that I paid for. I feel like I've now made that so I've learned so heavily into the implication there that I actually need to backtrack. I had a no, we'll move on. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move on, Nathan. It's fine. We'll just we'll just leave it there. Um, uh, firstly, I want to say uh, a couple of congratulations. Congratulations, firstly, to Alfie and Hope on their engagement. Very, very happy news. Uh, and also to Josh, one of our exams who got engaged at Glastonbury to to enormous cheers. That is a that's a baller move doing it at Glastonbury. Um, yeah, congratulations to you all. It seems like the time of year where people get engaged. Um, and we don't have a, a a paid partner this week, so once again we've we've got a charitable partnership. Um, a, a guy called Linton Ford hit me up. So Linton works or volunteers for a charity called Just Talk Today, which is a low-cost counselling service that you can do in person um, from Sudbury and Suffolk, or you can do it online. So it's kind of very available to, to anyone. Um, it's a great concept. They charge 20 quid for a counselling session, which is really, really cheap. And they're able to do that because they use trainee counsellors who are kind of in the last stages of their qualification. So this is kind of the last thing they have to do before they can be fully fledged um, counsellors. Um, so at the moment, Linton is fundraising to help provide a subsidised fee long term so that uh, everyone can access counselling whilst they can cover their business costs. We'll put the link to the GoFundMe in the show notes. But I mean, also, if you if you feel like you 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 might need someone to talk to, look up Just Talk Today. It sounds like a really good concept to me. This is going to be a, a pretty tight 
pod, I think, a pretty short pod because we're all a bit knackered. Um, Bardi, you've been away on holiday and you've come back with a, a special little disease. <laughs> yeah, um, I've come back with COVID. Um, not sure where I've tracked it, where I caught it. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, I thought it might have been after the Extra Inch um, Discord meetup. I thought perhaps one of our, our listeners who turned up and was pretty ill might have infected me, but I don't think the timeline works. So I'm, I'm thinking I got... I got infected on the plane, but I was in Tarifa, which is a lovely little um, seaside town in, in Spain, about 45 minutes from Gibraltar. It's got good food, good beach, very cheap, uh, great weather. And it was a, a lovely time there celebrating our 40th, joint 40th birthdays with, with all my school friends. Nice. It's really lovely that you're still so close with all your school friends. I feel like that's um, that's like not a particularly common thing. So so well done to you. And your school friends are all, <laughs> all really lovely. They're all great people. They're all nice guys. And um, it was, you know, we're, we're getting on a bit. So it wasn't as wild as perhaps it would have been one day, but it was... It was still some some early starts and late finishes, so, which was lovely. And I mean, there was the some... Spanish man. <laughs> they go, they start eating at ten o'clock, and that's kind of a big change for me because mm. I, I normally get all my eating done by seven, and then I and then I do my kind of intermittent fasting until ten o'clock the next day. So it was a big change of culture there. And you played some beach football. Beach football, beach volleyball. You know, all of us sucking our guts in to try and look try and look uh, <laughs> attractive. Fantastic. And uh, Nathan, I really appreciated you joining me for the, the bonus episode that we released. We, we did a, a conversation with Abby and Rachel from um, the... And 17 Women. Which is the new podcast about Spurs women, and they're doing great work. It's, it's, good, it's really good stuff. I mean, if you listen to the bonus episode, you'll have heard how deeply analytical they are about the Spurs women's team. So it's kind of like uh, the extra inch for, for Spurs women, I would I say. so, yeah. Good on them. Um, so Nathan, you got some you got some happy news today. Spurs seem to be about to sign a set piece coach. Yeah, yeah, a um, a very well reputed one, an Italian one as well, nonetheless. Uh, yeah, lots to be excited about there. So um, it's kind of it's a little difficult, uh, just based on the reporting, but it's a little difficult to pin down exactly when he is mm. and where he is. What I'd like to do is dig into that and um, gather up some some video bits from uh, from the relevant teams. Obviously, we know he's at the Italian national team for um, a certain period, um, and uh, have a little look into that. But I mean, look, I mean, <laughs> um, a set piece coach is a set piece coach, and if you if your team hire and utilize a set piece coach, you're just immediately in the like top five percentile <laughs> of set piece teams yes like, um, just straight away so yes um i mean th- this this will be like this will be like oh cool that's interesting kind of level on the fan radar but this is the equivalent of signing a player who will put up like 10 to 20 goals in all competitions so like this this should be as exciting as richarlison or whatever uh, <laughs> but it won't be seen that way 100 percent, and it's it's not just the kind of it's not just the direct free kicks the set piece routines although i am i'm a big as we've spoken about many times before i'm a big fan of a set piece routine so i'm looking forward to those but it's the little things as well it's the it's the it's the goal kicks it's the throw-ins it's the stuff in your own half that that really makes a difference yeah we will so i don't know 
um, if he was at Brentford at the right time. Um, but we will have a look at some Brentford and maybe some Liverpool throw-ins, I think, uh, which aren't necessarily his again, but will probably give you an idea of the kind of stuff that you might see from throw-ins. Awesome. So he was at Brentford, I think, 2015-16-ish. Mm. Uh, and during that time, it was highly notable that Brentford were doing bits from their set pieces. Uh, the 27% of their goals came from dead balls at the time um, in 2016, which was extraordinary. And um, someone who was it? So yeah, uh Walter Zenger said of Gianni Vio, he isn't just a free kick wizard. He is like having a 15 or 20 goal striker in the go. team. A 20 goal a season player can get injured. He can get suspended. But there are set pieces in every game always. And he knows how to exploit them best. He's very skilled at it. He manages to get players scoring who otherwise wouldn't score. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like Walter, Walter Zenger. He's a name that we don't say <laughs> in our household. Um, I, I remember once I, I kind of idolised him for a little bit and I started playing football with like gold chains around me. My dad just called me <laughs> off the pitch, took him off me and said, no, you can't be like Walter Zenger. He cost us a World Cup. But um, I, I do remember Italy at the at the Euros were pretty good on their attacking free kicks. I mean, they scored from they scored against Wales from a, from a, a really interesting free kick routine. They scored in the final from a, from a corner. They had two further goals, I think, disallowed by VAR for slight offside sides but they did have a different they did have a range of set pieces and it was interesting and it, if you know sometimes you watch a team and you're like not concerned you, you, it's an attacking corner and you're like yeah this is going to be nothing for for Italy it did feel like in that tournament there was something different with our set pieces and then when it turns out after everything else you you hear about him like okay that makes sense so mm. if we can if we can like get four or five extra goals from set pieces then that could be worth six seven eight points who knows yeah I, mean, I think four or five goals is conservative to be honest I think um, I think we could get a lot more than that. I'm really, 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 really excited about this. It's um, I mean, it's a step in the right s- direction. We need to sign someone first who can take a free kick. I, d- I don't think all of a I sudden... I agree. Well, I don't think he's going to make Harry Kane start whipping him into the top corner. No, but that's the point. Like, um, <laughs> If anything, I believe, there's a case that not having someone who is good from direct free kicks means that you get more license from your your set piece coach to take more indirect free kicks from direct free kick positions where the opposition have to set up to defend from the direct therefore opening up the indirect so yeah not worried about that anyone like several of our you know elite professional footballers can accurately curl the ball 30 yards so i'm i'm not i'm not worried about that at all and i think also like um going back to throw-ins that really suits Conte's style of play because if we can get something good going straight away from a throw-in, that yes. is the beginning of a really good bit of Conte build-up yes. and creating like an artificial transition and that sort of stuff. 100%. What you just said, Nathan, about the um, uh, turning in a direct free kick into an indirect free kick, I think that is true. But also, I think there's something in um, the kind of authority angle as well. So, you know, Kane takes the direct free kicks because he's Harry Kane, because yes. he's he has a huge presence in the squad. If you've got a new guy come in who is an absolute specialist, highly regarded, did bits with Italy in the Euros, he comes in and he makes every player take 10 free kicks and he watches their technique, their style, how they're doing. And then he says, okay, so of you lot, I like, let's say Ben Davis. I like Ben Davis as our free kick taker. You're not going to argue with I mean, if, if your free kick coach has said, I want Ben Davis to take all your free kicks, Ben Davis is going to take all your free kicks from now on, as far as I'm concerned. like I don't think Harry Kane 
can well, I trump don't know. That. I don't know. I think that I think that might be taken to Conte, and then Conte will make a final call. Mm. To be honest, maybe. But then, what's the point in employing him? Sure. Yeah. For throw-ins, I guess. But you know what that I mean. It's... smell of um, Roy Hodgson. Somebody advising Roy Hodgson that Harry Kane is the best long passer. Let's let let's make Harry Kane take, take corners. corners. He put he he played good corners in my opinion. <laughs> they weren't bad corners, but he also needed to be on the end of them. That's the issue. Mm. And he's not fast enough to take a corner and then quickly run into the box and get on the end of it. <laughs> um. So we got the news today that the uh the the Basuma charges have been have been dropped essentially there's there's what's the phraseology they use the police use uh he's no longer under investigation no there longer. is an investigation but he is no longer under it so um in that's good news i think that we have mm-hmm. to see that as good news as, as and spurs yes. will think it's absolutely fantastic news from a pr perspective also um i wanted to kind of address some of the comments we received we we had a lot of correspondence in, on this uh, some very thoughtful stuff to our email address podcast at the uk. some really thoughtful stuff on discord and some bad faith shit on twitter as you kind of expect from twitter um, but we got this email from alex in mexico and i thought this was kind of a, a, a neat summary of the types lots of the type of of um, correspondence we got. So Alex says, back when we signed Basuma, there was a fair bit of negativity on the signing because of the sexual assault speculation. Now that he's been cleared, is that negativity gone? And are you all excited about the player? To me, it seemed like you guys just assumed he did it on the pod and we're upset and were upset that the club put you in a position to have to accept him as a player because of this. Of course, this is a tough thing to prove, but for us outsiders looking in, it could have just been a case of mistaking, mistaken identity. And clearly there wasn't even enough evidence to, ch- to charge him in the end i understand being woke and trying to look at things through an ethical lens but isn't writing off basuma who could be completely innocent just as bad as blindly accepting basuma before he's cleared in fact one could argue it's even worse as you're judging a person who's not even been charged with a crime or proven guilty anyway tough question love the pod and you guys cheers um so my my response to that is uh, to to listen again to to what we said on the pod listen to the words and 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 try and not kind of um add in what you think you're hearing because we were very clear that we we were not making casting judgment on Basuma. We didn't know whether he was innocent or guilty. And um and it was about the cl- club signing a player who was under investigation for sexual assault. Because whether he is guilty or innocent, whoever the player is, like let's forget Basuma for a second. It's about the message that sends, I think, to to uh our fans and the people who work at the club. And that was my big issue with it. That was my biggest issue with it. I thought it was really, really inappropriate for us to sign Basuma when we did. And um, uh, and if we were signing him next week, uh, there's no way I'd have the same amount of, of vitriol about it. I'd still be a little... I'd still feel a little funny about it, sure, because yeah. this has happened. And, like, he'll always have this tag attached to him now, rightly or wrongly. And that still is going to make survivors of sexual assault feel a bit weird when they're watching him play um but yeah i mean i I would just generally feel a lot better about it but that's not what happened and i think we had to we had to address it because it was what we were feeling and thinking and and i feel like sometimes people get frustrated with us because they might really like our opinions on football and then they don't like our opinions on on social justice issues and and it's annoying when someone whose opinions you respect and like doesn't agree with you on other stuff. And you're like, I just want them to agree with me on everything. But it's fine to disagree. You know, you don't have to agree with us on everything. I, I don't agree with Bardi on everything. I don't agree with Nathan on everything. 
we still get along great. We're still really close friends, you know? I think it's fine. Anyway, um, I feel like I've spoken a lot there again about this issue. It's not something I really like talking about because I know the pushback we get, but uh, but I felt like we had to address yeah. it. Did you guys want to say anything? Yeah, well, I, I got a um, I got a WhatsApp from my dad. So my dad doesn't listen to this podcast, but somebody he walks a dog with has figured out that that that's I'm his oh son. <laughs> so so I, I got a WhatsApp from my dad saying, "I've been asked, why don't you just talk about football?" And I think I think in this case it needed to be discussed, like you said, Wendy. It had to it had to be spoken about. We couldn't just brush it under the carpet. Carpet. I think Basuma is a fantastic player. I think this is a really really good signing. And had we just waited one week for it to be cleared up, then I wouldn't have any problems. And I still don't have any problems because he's a great signing. But I just wish we'd just waited one more week and been a little bit patient. But he's he's a good player who's going to do great things for us. I mean, from the timing, it's pretty clear, right, that the club must have had some sort of tip off that that this is what was going to happen, and therefore they realised that they could they could um sort of take financial advantage, right? That's, that's that fucked up in itself. Say? That's fucked up in itself, though, isn't it? Yeah, right. That's well, that's kind of what I'm saying is that is very uncomfortable that they are they are using uh, the dangling ongoing dangling of a case to take financial advantage, and maybe it's smart in a pure business mm. sense, but it's really uncomfortable as a fan. Um, I meant also yeah. though that it's fucked up that they had a tip off. That's corrupt. Sure. Well, yes, sure, yes, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, may well be a mistaken identity or, or whatever. We won't know the details of the case until um, the remaining suspect mm. um, has his end tied up, however that might be. So again, we can only really speculate. Um, even even with the charge drops, I still have some discomfort, right? Obviously, because we know the percentage of cases that that lead to prosecution. Um, in this area which again doesn't mean that i believe i'm saying i believe that he's guilty it just means that doubt remains even with his charges dropped mm. um and so it's a little difficult <sighs> yeah i don't know there isn't too much more to say than that he is obviously a very good player um mm -hmm. but that can't affect like the moral judgment here right I, I think i'd also add that the little interview he did when he arrived was was really sweet he seems like a, he seemed like a lovely person in that interview and let's hope he is and let's hope that you know there's nothing to worry about but um there's still a victim out there who who will hopefully get their day in court and it's yeah. really important that we think of them as well yeah uh let's talk about richarlison i say richarlison i think actually it should be pronounced richarlison if i'm correct Okay, well, if you I'm gonna want have to, to do retrain a myself, R, it's more of a her. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hishamson, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to either retrain myself or just go with Charleston. No, you just have to go with what everyone else. You can't be the one guy, the one English first man trying to call him Hishamson. <laughs> you don't want to be him. You've already got enough things going on, Wendy. This is this is a good point. This is a good point. Um, so what do we know? What do we know about this deal? We know that Spurs have been after him for a while. We know that uh, Daniel Levy uh, took Bill Kenwright, the Everton... Is he still the chairman? I think he's still the chairman. Took him out for a nice meal at a restaurant called Scott's in London, uh, presumably to discuss um, Hishalison <laughs> and, and possibly <laughs> Winks. Um, and, and it seems like the deal is is days away from being done, or perhaps a day away from being done, because Everton have this FFP deadline to meet as well. So uh, Spurs once again taking advantage of a situation to get money off a deal. Um, I, okay, in this case, <laughs> yeah, 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 completely legit, absolutely legit. I I feel like I'm not I'm not his biggest fan. I'm not going to say like he would have been my first choice target by any stretch, 
But I do like the fact that he can cover a number of roles pretty adequately. I like uh, I like um, his I like his hustle. He's like, definitely got hustle. He's he's got a lot of hustle. I like his um, shit housery. Uh, I feel like he's the kind of player that when he plays for you, you love him, and when he plays against you, you hate him. So I feel like as fans, we'll take to him super quickly. And I think it's a smart bit of business. What do you guys reckon? Um, I like it. And like you said, I, I like the fact that he can play everywhere and he's he's very good at pressing. I think it's a smart signing if we mm. get him for a good deal. He's Premier League proven. He won't need to settle in. I, yeah, I, I don't see a problem um, with he it. He scored a pretty impressive number of goals last season for mm-hmm. a terrible yeah. uh, Everton side who weren't good the entire time he's been at the club. Um, I really quite fancied him as uh, a sort of attacking dribbly winger uh, way back at Watford. I wasn't aware of him before that. Um, but I figured, you know, he moved for 50 million, I think. Mm-hmm. He did. Um, so like... Pre-COVID, he, uh, though, and, let's remember. So prices were a little different And also Everton, then. who love, they absolutely love spending money. Like Sigurdsson, Ashley <laughs> Williams, uh, Balassi. They've really thrown... <laughs> Balassi, oh my God. Could, I mean, they, they, they love nothing more than spending money, those guys. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's impressed in difficult circumstances, right? I think um, I think if you are say if if we were in a situation where what we're looking at here is we need someone to cover Sun, we need someone to be Sun's backup. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy. He, well, he's a very very good case for the guy. I still think that there are other cheaper, um, lesser known uh, options out there who could mm-hmm. do just as good a job. Um, but yeah, he's exceptional in in that regard. I really think he's a he's a he's a brilliant sort of wide forward. If we bring them in, and I, I think we are to also be a guy who can play up top, I have some more I have some more doubts over his suitability to that role. Um, not because he can't like in terms of uh, the geography of his play central, right? Because I feel like he can't capture. Um, the role that is performed by by Kane and the mm. things that we that you, that not just Kane but what you want from your lone centre forward in a, a Tony Conte system maybe maybe if Kane is being rested you play Son and Richarlison as a front two and that's slightly closer to what he's looking for there in his front two but I I still see I still see Richarlison as more of an in behind type player uh, what a dribbler and an in behind type player um which is probably too close to what Son is right um so I I still feel um that we would be lacking in the right profile to back up Kane but what you do get with with Richarlison uh for the first First time that Harry Kane has been at the club, or you know, f- playing first team minutes, is there like a sufficiently big enough name to um, justify mm-hmm. to Kane a reason for him to sit on the bench, mm-hmm. which may be more important than the ability to link up midfield play, turn on the ball, play passes in behind, be a target in the box. So I don't know. Again, my opinion: there are and were better options out there. I don't think he's a bad option. I think he's a good player. Um, I think he's a good backup to Son. I think he's not an, a rounded, um, f- like forward for all all options, all situations. I think he's a good backup for Son and Kulusevski. I'm not convinced of that. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think you're right. I think this sort of status is a really important part of it. The the fact that we'll be pay, paying the fee a huge fee for. Uh, a, a very well established player who plays regularly for Brazil. That's a that's a big deal. Um, 
could be their their first choice number nine in the winter. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. close the centre. If you say in the summer, people know what you mean. In in Qatar, it's also mm. in terms of status. We're going in and buying Everton's probably their best player, and that that says. I completely well. agree. I think it shows that uh, we're a big deal now. I can't. I can't remember the last time it, within an English club. Anyway, we went in and signed someone's best player off an, another English team. Can't remember. I do have COVID though, so but I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's happened. and and seem to be making a big deal of it obviously one plays for brazil one plays for argentina so naturally there's rivalry there what do we make of that situation it's it's, it's more than that though right um romero and richardson don't just go around two-footing all argentine and all brazilian players it's personal right these two despise each other and yet i am overcome with the sensation i'm that the worst enemies make the best friends I mean, I I wouldn't take it personally if Romero wiped me out. He's wiped out a lot of footballers in his life. No, 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 no. It was <laughs> personal, he though. To... He, he wanted to no, get because, him. No, he didn't want to get him. He won the ball. It, it was a clean tackle. Every, he, doesn't, he doesn't go in and Roy Keane someone and just end their career. It was a clean tackle. It was it was brutal, but it no, was... It's was not this one tackle. It's it's a lengthy history. They This is how they play against each other internationally in previous games. This is, this is a thing I still don't think it's them, hate. I, I still I don't think it's hate. They're not, um, they're not going out... It's like hyper-competitiveness. Yeah, hyper they're, not, they're not studs up breaking each other down the back of the legs or snapping Achilles. I, I think it's all right. I mean, when um, Barcelona and Real Madrid in the Guardiola and Mourinho era, those, those Spanish players were going at each other. But then they'd put on the, the national top and they'd be best of friends. 
Haaland, like like Nathan says, I think I think he'll be okay. There'll be some Spurs um, admin will be loving it. There'll be a post or something saying best of friends now hanging out. They'll be drinking. One will be drinking mate and I don't know what did the Brazilians drink? Caipirinha. So there'll there'll be something. They'll be doing something nice and friendly. It'll be great, great social. Slight yeah, it'll be together. great social media content. Um, one will show them how to samba. The other one will show them how to tango. We've got <laughs> we've got years and years of content. <laughs> That's that's good. (laughs) I should get a job. (laughs) Um, I I think. I think it's a legitimate question. This one, I I, like a lot of people who poo pooed it and said, "Oh, don't be silly. It'll be fine. It'll be fine." But I don't think it's like that straightforward. The thing is, Richardson seems like a sweetheart off the pitch. He's like all his social media stuff is really wholesome. It's really nice. Um, Romero's like. He's quite an alpha, isn't he? He's, uh, I don't think he... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I hope they'll get on really well. I hope they'll just like instantly click and be friends. But when there's a Brazilian-Argentinian rivalry as well, I'm not 100% sure that I can say I believe that they will be the best With of Messi friends. Messi and Neymar gone. But they just... And there was a real... That's true. And they've just got to play together yeah. at the end of the day. They don't have to be friends. Like Salah and Mane famously did not get on at all. And yet they were fantastic together. So it's going to be three matches maximum into preseason. Richarlison's going to dive, a very obvious dive. A player's going to walk over the top of him and shout something in his face, and Romero's going to rush in mm. and push him to the ground. So, I promise. I would love to see that A few that years ago, I, I was at a restaurant, and I got some ITK. And um, <laughs> Here we go. this guy, he, he is a football agent. And um, I was like, Scone, have you got any news or any kind of gossip? And he goes, yeah, I've, I've heard a bit of gossip around Spurs. And um, he leant over to me and said, no one at Tottenham likes Sun. And there's a real divide within the changing room. And that was, that was at that moment that I realised, one, he was an idiot. And two, ITK <laughs> just doesn't exist. <laughs> but I was just thinking it'll be fine there won't be a rift in the changing room they're professionals and if there is Conte I mean whatever beef they'll have Conte will whack it out of them he won't allow yeah exactly and this is the thing I don't think I don't think it will I don't think we'll notice even if there is beef no. ultimately but hopefully everything will be fine and they'll be the best of friends uh, because we, we have got a very harmonious squad generally um, so yeah, let's let's hope the Richarlison deal gets done, and uh, we'll have another signing to celebrate. So um, Nathan, we've got a list of linked players. Do you want to run through the list and, and give a little bit of information on all of them, and, and Bardi and I can chip in here and there? All right, all right, quick quick fire round. Uh, so Longley, uh, close enough in pronunciation, I reckon. He uh, he's kind of a tricky one, right? So okay. In terms of the basic profile, there's a question here about whether he can play central or left. The answer to that is is yes. He's one of the very few players on the market who has a sufficient level of um, passivity and and aggression and can change up between the two. Um, he has the necessary ball carrying game. I feel to play wide. He has the necessary short and long passing game. I think to play central. Um, now you're all excited about him uh, the main problem with him is that he has given away penalties and red cards and passed the ball to the opposition in front of the goal at an astonishing rate the entire time that he's been at Barcelona right um, the consideration here is that isn't a player that he was at Sevilla um, the, the one season he was there he was really really promising really really promising then he went to a bad team and became um, 
awful. Um, obviously, Barcelona are getting better and they still want to get rid of him, I guess. Um, but maybe, maybe a change of scenery, maybe an, an arm around the shoulder from Conte and the, a really good cohesive team around him would maximize him. I'm not saying that wouldn't happen. I think that there is some, some possibility no, there, but no. he's shaking his head, but yeah. I think it's a big gamble. I think you're really, you're really, uh, you're really gambling because the upside is high. The downside is, is obvious. But if it's a loan, that's, that's mitigating the gamble, no, no, surely. No. Well, you're gambling yeah. the squad space and and the fee of the loan and 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 all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. There are there are bigger gambles on the market. I thought Romero was an enormous gamble and he's paid off incredibly. Sometimes you have to take risks. He would definitely. No, but you be can a see risk. Romero knows how to defend this guy. No, forget about it, please. I don't want to see it's, this happen. It's, uh, uh, so, I think that he is there as a backup. He's like the sure the. Paratici fifth choice. So if sure. if choice is one to four, don't come in, then we we pull the trigger on Longley and 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 give him a go for a season and see what happens. All right, uh, Body, help me pronounce his Colombian name, please. Yeah, well, he's, he's Ecuadorian, but I think it's um, Hincapié. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's it's Hincapié. Okay. It's got the accent over the E. Fuck. Okay, yeah, he is as well. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, okay, so he's playing in Leverkusen. He, um, he's played a mixture of centre-back and full-back, but he definitely looks like a centre-back. Um, but the type of centre back who could do a job at fullback, um, like as a ball player and a ball carrier, a really good ball carrier actually. Um, but he's sort of young and raw, twenty and developing. Okay, twenty, which is really young for a centre back. Um, so he would be a prospective like Davies understudy. Like Davies would probably be the starter for at least half a season, depending on um, on Incapier's, um development. I think there's a lot of promise there. I think he's an exciting one. And, you know, going with Davies for a little while longer isn't the, the worst idea in the world. I'd like us to strive to improve our first 11, mm-hmm. uh, this summer especially. Um, but I don't, I don't hold it against anyone who wants to, um, back up Davies rather than replace him. He's not, it's not the worst option. I prefer him to Longley. I think that's less yeah, of a gamble. For sure. I'd rather sign this guy than Longley. Okay. Uh, Estupinian, uh, at Villarreal. Um, he's a really good fullback and he was on my list initially, my long list, not my long le, <laughs> my long list. <laughs> and, um, he was one of the last players I removed, partly because I was looking at the, his backup of Villarreal, but that's beside the point, mainly because I just kind of felt he profiles more like a fullback than a wingback. That's going to make it sound like he's this ultra defensive guy who doesn't attack. That's not what I mean. I mean that he um, has the profile of receiving the ball in fullback areas. He has the profile of covering the spaces that a fullback covers. Um, he he um, maybe doesn't quite have that sort of. Maybe he's like uh, more of an overlapper than a, a solo carrier. Does that kind of make sense? He's more a bit, of a, a one two. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, so I did cut him off the list in the end. Um, but he's, you know, he's in the, um, honorable mentions. He's a good player. And, and the reporting, I believe, is that Conte himself is specifically keen. 
and I say, yeah, sure, go ahead. Um, I I support you in that. In that, if that's how you feel about that player, then great. The the only thing with this is, um, one would have thought that we were done with left wing backs having signed oh, Perisic. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> so it does seem slightly strange, and um, some of the reporting today suggests that Regulon is not keen to leave as well. Okay, so four left backs next season. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, I guess it's it's someone who's there in case we we do sell Regulon and don't see Perisic as a left wing back, which would be insane. I think. Yeah, who knows? Continue. Think there's a possibility that we get. We think we talked this before. You get Perisic in, and then you work out whether you're getting a left or a right sided player based okay. on the market, and then Perisic fills the gap. Maybe. 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 Uh, Anthony Gordon, uh, we disagree on him. Who, um, who so he's who's for, who's against? I don't know this. <laughs> so I like Gordon as a to-be-converted-to-wing-back option, whereas Windy likes Gordon as a winger, as a, as a forward. I do. Mm. So I get the yeah. deciding vote here. <laughs> okay, so the reason I feel like he converts well to wingback is because um, he is like a straight line athlete. Yeah, he he he. Not that he has like bad ball control, but he doesn't really have the sort of super neat and tidy tight areas type ball control. But he's he's really good on the sprints with the ball. Um, he's got a good crossing game. Um, he's he's an athlete. Um, his defensive numbers are really impressive. Um, it's worth saying that his defensive numbers are like in the aggression, in the pressing. Um, and I think that there are reasonable doubts, like with any winger you're converting to wing back, about him moving to sort of covering space and being aware of, of runners in a, in a deeper wing back position. Um, but I think, I kind of think this about a lot of wingers, to be fair. I think the maximal way for him to have his career is to be a wing back who's a really good attacker rather than just being a good winger. Interesting. I I um I really like Gordon. I think there was there was quite a lot of snobbery when the Gordon link came out and people sort of suggesting why why would we want Gordon? He's not that he's not that great. And uh so when Bardi said earlier that there was sort of a there was felt like something important happening with us taking Everton's best player in Richardson, I kind of felt the same way about Gordon because while Richardson's that clearly their best player and he's their Harry Kane essentially, Gordon's like their their star boy he's their gem he's the you know he's come up through the youth rank he's from the local area they absolutely love him Lampard wants to sort of build the team around him and it felt to me like Spurs were going we can have him if we want he's we've got enough both money we, we can have both of them we're gonna play Champions League football you might finish middle of the table we have both your best players thanks I, I liked that so Gordon um Nathan's right he's a really good direct dribbler excellent dribbler uh but the things that I think make him more of a winger are one, his ability to make the Son-esque run in behind, which I've seen signs of him improving at over time, particularly when he's played for England under twenty ones rather than Everton, who I think are an appalling football side. Uh he he makes really nicely timed runs for England. Um he does really well to stay on side, I think, in the same way Son does. And also, I like him when he comes off the wing. I like him when he comes inside and plays off a striker and sort of has short interplay. 
uh, and he can find these little slide rule passes into the channels. And I, I really like that idea. A bit like Kulisevsky does from um, from the right for us. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I like Gordon a lot. I mean, I'm not against signing him and, and playing him at wing back on occasions, but I think also he'd be a, a great option as a winger too. Um, I, I'm not saying I want us to spend 50 million on Anthony Gordon. I think that would be crazy. Hmm. Like I'd rather us prioritize other positions for a start. But if we were to sell Bergvijn and Lucas, we could do a lot worse than getting Anthony Gordon in for for the right price. I mean, and there's a case for um for bringing him in and then having him training and then work out when and where you want to play him. Definitely. After that, right? I mean, we can look at the positives. He's he's young and he's English. Um, and then it kind of ends there, no? He looks very busy, but that's not always a good quality to have. He seems to run around a lot, but I just, I don't see it. I mean, if he was a Spurs player, then I'd be okay with that. We could train him and see what happens. But to go and drop 30, 40 million on, on this guy is ridiculous. It's a lot of money. 40 would it's be crazy, crazy yeah. So yeah. it's not going to happen. They're not going to let him go. If he came, if he was one of our youth players, I'd be super excited about him. But no. Nah. I don't see it. Leave it. Leave him there and see what happens. He'll, he's going to turn into the the latest Dwight McNeil, and his career will fizz away. And yeah, that we should it. sign Dwight McNeil. <laughs> we should we should sign That's Dwight McNeil. Left That's back. true. He's he's, he's good. <laughs> Give him the guy on the right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So these are three players who have been linked um, either softly or have now since been linked away. So Evan and Dicker, uh, left centre back, super aggressive ball winner, uh, outstanding in the air. Um, we watched him together, Windy, because he was playing next to, um, what's his name? The left wing back, help me out. Kostic. Okay, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, and he was doing a lot of Kostic's work for him. He was allowing Kostic uh, to be okay. the stand around on the wing and just ping the ball about. And, right. And then Dicker was doing a lot of the build-up play, the ball progression, the winning the ball back, the work in that flank for him. Mm-hmm. Um, statistically, his passing game looks pretty bad, but anytime I watch him, it looks good. That's a mystery to be solved in video form, perhaps, if links get stronger. Um, but I'll leave that as that for now. Um, any questions about him? I quite like the way he moves. Um, like you said, I've only ever seen him in the Europa League campaign for Frankfurt. And you're right, he covered a lot behind Kostic. He gets around the pitch. He looks pretty decent. I wouldn't be Too Nathan, for a left centre-back. Nathan, every time Bardi says, I like the way he moves, which, by the way, he says a lot. You do need to sort of <laughs> edit a, in a clip of the song. I say a lot? <laughs> Most of all, yeah. Um, no questions. No further questions, okay. Your Honor. Uh, you can move on. All right. Uh, Yao Felix, we've been linked to incredibly subtly. He's, he's good. He, oh, he's is incredible. He? He's, he's, he's so absurd. good. He, yeah, yeah. He's he's like an absolute mega what is talent. He? Um, he uh, a winger forward. He is, I guess, is is the best way. So he. Why would he come to Spurs? It would make no sense, would it? If you're tired of Simeone ball and you want to um, receive the ball in the opposition half more than twice a game, uh, maybe that's <laughs> a harsh characterism of, 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 uh, of Atletico. Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's this sort of mega wonder kid. So he moved from, was it Benfica to Atletico for like 150 million euros or something. Um, he hasn't lived up to that. You might be shocked to learn. Um, 
uh, developmental reasons, that being an absurd sum to chase after the type of football that um, Simeone plays. Now, he's rapid and they're going to mm-hmm. play on the counter or they mm-hmm. play on the counter a lot. Therefore, there's space for him to attack. Therefore, why doesn't he score 12 goals a game? Um, but it does mean he's only getting the ball so much. Atletico, once they're a goal or two up, might not do that much more attacking for the rest of the game, right? Um, but this last season just gone, he started to really hit kind of impressive numbers. Not kind of impressive numbers, sorry. He started to hit impressive numbers. Um, these links are weird and surprising. Um, again, he did cost 150 million euros three years ago. So I don't know what like, Atletico would want on the return that, for him. That would be 100% of our war chest. So Yeah, he cost an entire war chest. So I don't know. I think these, these links seem... Um, comical to be honest and then the last one on the list Rafinha um, was previously linked to us and Arsenal and Chelsea and now very strongly linked to Chelsea and not Arsenal and we our name is continuing to sort of blow about in the wind he's really good he's a he's another winger forwards type it seems like we're going to pick one between Richarlison and Rafinha slash other wide forwards and Richarlison links are much stronger anyway so that kind of works out for me, Rafinha is more of a touchline guy than mm. an inside guy. Yeah. So um, he doesn't make sense for any of the clubs that he's linked to. <laughs> nice summary, Nathan. Um, I, I want to give a, a, a I want to give a mention to a player that I've spoken about many times before, and he's been linked to an Italian club, and I want to get Bardi's reaction to this. So mm. Ben Brereton Diaz is a player I like a lot um, as a wing forward slash forward. And he is being strongly linked with Sada Natana. Why are they good, Bardi? Is would that be a move that's worth? Like he, he's a, he's seen as an elite championship talent. I'm surprised a Premier League club hasn't snapped him up. Yep. Why would he be going to Sada Natana? Promoted Sada Natana. I think they might. Yes, just come, they're in Serie A. They just come up. They're, I mean, they're not an elite Italian club. Um, not really. Don't. I have no idea why he'd be linked there, but then I don't really know anything about uh, Brenton Diaz. He's um, he's Premier League ready for sure. Oh, I mean, obviously, definitely. you know, yeah, he um, he feels like a kind of a, a Brentford West Ham kind of signing. You know, he'd be brilliant at Brentford. Uh, that would be that would be a hell of a front three if they signed him. In Burmo, Tony and Brenton Diaz would be a seriously strong. That would that's a that's a, a definite survival <laughs> in the in the Premier League front three, in my opinion. So he um he's kind of like Sun, but in the championship. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I think um I think he's maybe a bit better at playing the centre forward role than Sun. Okay, maybe. Yeah, maybe a bit more physical presence. Obviously, he's not as, as quick as Sun. Sun's lightning. Who is? Yeah, he's he's really good. I really like him. What, he's other... young. He's English Chilean. <laughs> yeah, I like the way he moves. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I don't um, say that a lot. Yeah, really... <laughs> you you, you oh. definitely do. You definitely do. <laughs> Listeners, tweet Bardi, Bardi T E I, and and say I like the way you move. Um, Nathan, when you were talking about Rafinha going to Chelsea, yeah, Ziyech presumably will be leaving Chelsea. Would he be? Would he be quite a useful option for us on our right? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want someone who can be like Kulusevski, yeah. Here's your guy. 
I, 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 f- I figured that would be a smart little bit of business. Get ZH um, and um, Vio in because he's got an absolute whippy of a left foot. Hell and yeah. That would just, Senor Whippy, uh, that's his Vio's nickname. It would be mm. incredible. So the other player, the other young player that I wanted to give a quick mention was Alex Scott of Bristol City, who I've, I've been talking about a lot in the Discord. Um, because he's playing for England in the under-19 Euros uh, in the same team as Bain Scarlett and Alfie Devine. And he, to me, looks one of the standout players. He doesn't always start, actually. Um, but he's really mature for in terms of his decision-making. I mean, he's super mature for his age. England are going to win that tournament. Now, I thought I thought France would, would kind of cruise it, but then they, got, they lost to Israel. And I thought... I thought then it would be. Well, I thought Italy might have a good chance, but England just edged them out. But then France losing to Israel was a bit of a shock. So I think you're you're. We've got a really good chance, and the and the funny thing is, we've got five players who are playing up a, up an age group or up sometimes up two age groups. Uh, we we could have not. We could have picked a completely different squad and sort of been fine. Still, we've got a lot of depth at under nineteen level. Um, Divine is absolutely outstanding. He's a sensational player. And Carney Chakwameka has been a, f- a fabulous performer in this tournament. I mean, he's he's a really talented centre midfielder, and he's also <clears throat> really physically dominant, which which certainly helps as well. Um, but yeah, we, we're good basically from back to front. I think there's a lot of impressive players there. It's, it's quite exciting. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued to see how the final goes. But Alex Scott, good player, sign him, loan him back out, real talent. You've been listening to the Extra Inch. Thanks to Nathan A. Clark for production. Thanks to Bardi for being Italian. Thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork. Thanks to David Lindmer for our intro music. You can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and his SoundCloud D Lindmer. Do check him out, he's great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help. 